To grow your business and before you can execute any great sales process, you have to get leads first. Jesse Stoddard helps companies like yours get more clients, customers, and patients while increasing profits 24 hours per day. Hey, welcome. Uh, welcome to Five Steps to Renegade Marketing, uh, Breaking the Chains of Marketing Purgatory. And uh, I'm Jesse Stoddard, and I've got Keith Enix with me today from Fanet Marketing Services. And we're going to talk to you about a really cool concept that I think is going to help you improve your marketing in your small business. So any first words, Keith? Well, I'm just really glad we're able to do this. I'm really excited for you guys out there who are watching in. Uh, this is a whole new video series, and it's also going to be put into a podcast as well. And uh, what we want to do is just help you business owners out there who are trying to grow your business, your, uh, your small business, usually um, you know, you're about uh, zero to about $5 million. We, we want to help you guys grow your business and get to the next level. And that's what this Renegade Marketing Series is all about. So. Yeah, and also, I want to add that a, what a renegade entrepreneur really is, and we're going to get more into that at another time too, but yeah. it's the idea of yeah, an entrepreneur that really wants to make a difference by doing something different. You don't want to just follow the herd. You don't want to follow the lemmings off the end of the cliff. You want to do something that's actually going to make an impact. So that's what a renegade entrepreneur is, and ren renegade entrepreneurs do renegade marketing. So uh, Keith and I were talking about this concept, and I'm going to have him kick it off. So. You know, one of the things that business owners struggle with, I struggle with, I was there, and that is this concept of getting clarity in business, right? We're all trying to get clarity in business. And what that means is often we're working in our business, but we're not working on our business. And that's where the fog can happen. Um, there is this fog that we can get into and, and not realize, okay, um, hey, I'm working on this little thing, uh, whether you're a local service company or you're a lawyer or whatever niche you're in, you're, you, it's tough to get out of this fog and to get clarity. And so what we want to do is we want to get to clarity. And over and over again, we've worked with a lot of business owners and over and over again, we hear the same thing. And it's, I want more leads, but it's not just leads, right? I mean, if, if you wanted more leads, you could, uh, you could go to Google and you could just turn on pay-per-click or, um, or whatever, and you could just throw a ton of leads at your business. But that's not really what you want. And maybe you've done that before and it hasn't really worked well for your business. And you understand kind of where I'm going. What you need are leads that convert into good sales for your business. And that's an alignment with your business goals. And to do that, well, you're gonna have to match the message that goes out, and this is what um, I'd love to hear more from you on. You have a five-step process that you like to take business owners through, Jesse, to help them understand how to align the message with the proper market so that you can get better leads that convert. Uh, as a marketing consultant and chief marketing officer helping uh, businesses similar to what Keith works with, I'm seeing the same exact thing. And so I ended up running into a problem where in order to try to help a company grow and get better leads and do better marketing, really had to teach the philosophy first in order to have everything work out in the end. So what we're really looking at is if you're going from no clarity to trying to get leads that convert, what we're really talking about is your problem really is that you've, you've got Roma tomatoes, like in Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> and you've got random overwhelmed marketing activity. 
So in other words, uh, you can probably relate to this. You've got media advertisers, uh, salespeople coming in every week, uh, pitching you on the next best uh, trick or marketing technique uh, or uh, media piece. So for example, they're, they're hitting you up on digital marketing, on social media marketing, on TV, radio, print, and you don't know what works, so you just pick whichever one this month that you think you wanna test, and then you throw some money at it and you hope that it returns. And then it does, and sometimes you keep going, sometimes you stop and switch to something else. And it really, there's no, there's no structure to it. It's just simply random shotgun approach. And what we really need to get to is a marketing machine, something that's planned, that's structured, that's budgeted, something that you can measure, and something that actually produces results predictably, which is how you get leverage. So in order to get there, I identified some uh, landmarks that you have to hit along the way. And basically, it's really simple. There's only five uh, milestones that you have to hit. Number one is you have to identify your market. And then number two, you have to get the right message to market match, the right thing said to the right people. And then you have to map it out. Now, by mapping, I mean you create a, a system by which you're going to do first this, then this with that lead prospect or lead to help them convert all the way from a lead or prospect all the way through the process to a sale and a referral and follow up. So this is really your entire map of that journey, customer journey from the top of the funnel to the bottom or another way of saying it is from the beginning to the end and beyond, right? That's the map. And then you need to uh, select the proper media for that. And then finally you need to measure that and determine whether or not it worked and how well it worked or didn't work. So what I like to do is cover each one of these in turn and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on market first if you don't mind Keith. Yeah, and you know, just one of the things I have a question on, Jesse, is you know, when you think about the word renegade, um, what, what does that, and you mentioned a little bit at the beginning for us, but what does that mean uh, for us? How can we become better renegade uh, marketers? I don't know you're going to go over five steps here, but what does it mean for us to be a renegade? Okay, that's yeah. good. We should, we should cover that probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess what it means to me is the typically in your industry, uh, in all of our industries, there's kind of a way that people have gotten used to doing things, hmm. okay. right? So yeah. let's say, let's pick at something like a dentist. Yeah. If I'm a dentist, I need to get new patients. Now, what the, the first thing that I'm typically going to do is look at what all the other dentists are doing. Right. So if every dentist has a, a business card that looks a certain way, yeah. every dentist does a certain type of marketing online, all their websites tend to look the same. All of their, their if they're going to do print, it almost always looks the same. Yes. Uh, in, so in other words, the type of marketing they do tends to be the same. The message uh, of that marketing mm -hmm. and the type of people they're trying to target is all the same. So in other words, uh, like the you know mean old Dan Kennedy says, who is yeah. one of my mentors, he, he says it's like marketing incest. <laughs> so basically, you're just doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. Yeah. So in terms of marketing, uh, being a renegade means looking outside of that box. Yeah. So you might even borrow from another industry or another business that doesn't even relate to yours. And so a, a, a dentist might even look at um, a manufacturer's marketing and get an idea. A dentist could look at a retailer's marketing and get an idea and then bring it into their industry. And if it works, they can test it and find out if it works. And usually yeah. you're pleasantly surprised because if it works somewhere else, you can modify it a little bit and make it work for you. So that's one of the things. The other thing is being a renegade also means um, 
having the idea that you're not going to let society get you down because mm. we society not only do you tend to do what everybody else does but but the the world at large tends to want to push you and put you in a box yeah. not just with your marketing but with everything about your business Absolutely. and of course there's also the government and taxes and everything else <laughs> weighing down on the entrepreneur yeah. and they really have a tough i think they have a really hard yeah. challenge with that because every day is pressure i've owned multiple businesses and uh, even back in the days when i owned a fitness club health club uh, every single day was a challenge just to keep in the mindset of being an entrepreneur. It can be really lonely. Yeah. So part of being a renegade, it's a renegade in life too. We want to yeah. pass something on to future generations. We want to, we want to give, yeah. uh, we want to be able to do what others don't, aren't going to do because they're too yeah. afraid to do it. So renegade has all these different levels. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. You know, building a business is tough, right? I mean, if it was easy, everybody would be able to have these huge successful businesses. And I think it's easy for us to hear the success stories and think, oh, okay, well, the first thing I need to do is what everybody else is doing. And that's where I start. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of truth to that. You know, you kind of, you kind of have to start from doing, you know, a little bit of competitor research and stuff, but there's a better way of building a business. And you can only learn that by going through this process over and over again. And uh, there's, there's definitely this concept, this idea, um, do, building a business is hard but it shouldn't be a complex plan, right? And um, that's where we want to simplify things. It should be clear. And that's where the five steps comes in. We can get that clarity. So what does it mean to, uh, for the market? You know, what does that mean? Okay, yeah, I'll start step. off with the market then. That was, that was good, clever. You yeah, got me yeah. to talk about market well, first. I'm I love curious. Yeah, I want to hear from your view. <laughs> yeah, so what I think about market um, is really, this is the key to all of it. And this is the most overlooked part because, and I was just talking to a business owner yesterday yeah. who I asked him, we were sitting down with somebody for lunch, a mutual, a friend of Keith's. Yes. And, yeah, right. and I asked him, yeah. you know, who is your market? And, and he, and I, don't, I know he could, if we really pressed him, he would have, but yeah. he's not used to thinking about it. So he had a little bit difficult, he stumbled a little bit, difficult yeah. time actually putting words to it and really clear, clearly identifying who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what a market is, is it's any group of people that have some similarity. Okay. So there, they may yeah. all be, uh, there may be, there's demographics, there's psychographics, there's, there's their buying habits, mm -hmm. there's uh, geographics or where they live basically. So every business has an ideal. Hmm. Now you, you can't, it's just like in life, you, you hear that, you know, you, you can't try to, if you try to please everybody, that's the easiest way to please nobody. Well, we yeah. do that in business too. We try to be everything to everybody. And the problem with that is you become nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you become, and you, yeah. if you don't differentiate, you die. Right. And so uh, what we're finding is that if you can take a market, you can identify it. So if you, again, let's go back to the dentist. Yeah. A dentist probably is only going to focus on people in a certain area that's around their office. People are not going to fly across the country, you'd think. However, there are dentists out there yeah. that offer such a high level of service that they market to affluent people hmm. that they and they target them and people will fly out of from out of state to go to them. Yeah. So but typically they're going to have a certain geographic area. Okay. Right. So in other words, you need to decide, is that you? Is your dental practice only going to serve a certain town? Right. OK, then yeah. how That's, old are the people that that you serve? And you go, well, I don't want to restrict it because I can serve everybody. Yeah. yeah. But you probably have 80 20 rule happening where 20 percent of your clients are responsible for 80 percent of your results. 80% of right. your yep. revenue. Yep. So wouldn't you rather focus more and more on the 20, yeah. right? And then get more of those that are going to pay you more money. Mm -hmm. It's less headache. It's less time. It's less overhead. It's less 
uh, payroll, and yet you're getting a better ROI. So really, there's so many reasons to focus on market first. And I can go into this for hours, but I will say one more thing about it. Typically, what we do is we come up with a widget or a service, and then we go running around trying to find out who will like to buy it. So uh, in the fitness business, a lot of trainers and gym owners who I was consulting with, they would decide, I want to be in fitness, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a noble occupation. Uh, And now I need to find people that want to, you know, use my service. Rather than uh, the ones that I found that were the most successful, were ones that identified who their niche was, what was the perfect match between what they were good at and and people looked at them as being good at, perceived as good at, and the people that wanted that thing. (laughs) And so an example would be a a trainer who um, identified that their highest value service was doing um, working with uh, high school athletes. Yeah. And yes. so they created a business all around speed and agility training for high school athletes. Yeah. Now you're saying, well, they're limiting themselves. Well, they, he could do multiple markets at, later, but, but in the beginning, he focused on the one. It ended up being the most profitable thing. Wow. So wow. that is so the market, identifying the market. market. Awesome. You know, when I just to add a little bit there, one of the things that I notice. When business owners ask me, hey, I would love to do uh, this marketing thing, is uh, you'll notice there's five steps here. And this is in order and this is on purpose, okay? Right. <laughs> A lot of people uh, will come to me, business owners, and they'll say, hey, Keith, I want to do SEO. I want to do PPC. I want to do online marketing. But what they haven't figured out, and this is the difference between an entry level and a sophisticated marketer, is they haven't figured out their market yet. And so it doesn't matter if you're doing a billboard, a TV, a radio ad, or anything. All those media channels can be successful. But if you don't figure out the market first, you're never going to be successful on the media avenue. So that's, I just want to mention that. Yeah, very important. So Jesse, what do you think about message? How do you, how do you line the message in the market? Okay, so the, the next step, and again, thank you yeah. for bringing up the order is important. Yeah. The message is the next step because Again, oftentimes people rush straight to the message and they don't have even identified their market. Great point. Uh, and they haven't selected a list. They haven't, they haven't gotten their list together yet of yeah. who they're gonna contact. So once you do that, then you match the message to that market, hmm. right? So the message is what you say. It's how you say it, you know, a little bit too. How you say it also comes into media, but what you say uh, is, is the most important. Because what you're trying to do is say the right words in the right way at the right time. And when I say words, it also could branch out to images. Hmm. So graphic design, uh, most people yeah. don't think about this, but graphic design can also be direct response style marketing, which is mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Yeah. Where you can have certain images that convey feelings that match with that market. So mm-hmm. the words and the pictures, all of it is the message. Yeah. And uh, in order to figure that out, you have to get into the mind of the market. Another reason, again, it goes back to the market. What are they thinking about rather than what you want to talk about? Yeah. So if my um, market, let's go back to the dentist. If I'm targeting maybe affluent people in my community, uh, what, what are they thinking? Maybe they're thinking that, uh, you know what, I really want to find a dentist that, that actually takes time to hear me out first and can promise me no pain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, yeah. that, maybe that's what it is. Right. Or maybe you're not so uh, focused on that market. Maybe you're focused on just the average consumer in that area. Well, what do they want? Well, they want to know that you take their insurance. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the only thing they care about. Right. So then you have to find out, well, what insurance do my best clients have? 
and they yeah. carry this insurance. Well, then maybe you want to go and research a little bit about that. What are the headaches of having to deal with that insurance? Right. And then maybe your message is, hey, all, all people in you know Seattle, Washington, or wherever your city is, that um, Snohomish, Washington yeah. town, who carry you know this type of insurance, uh, you know, I carry this insurance and not only that, but I make it easier for you than ever before. I, I, I'm just throwing, you know, pulling this out of my, oh, out, yeah, out of the ether. But the idea is, is you're, you're entering into the conversation that's already yeah. in the mind of that prospect. Absolutely. And not trying to create, you know, hey, dentist, well, mm -hmm. who cares? Everybody else is saying the same thing yeah. in the marketplace. So you yeah. want to say something that speaks to them and speaks their language. By the way, I'm, I'm only saying this because you're saying dentist over again. <laughs> I drive by this dentist on my way uh, home and uh, their sign on the front says, now serving new patients. I just want to say, <laughs> don't put that on your dentist office if you're a dentist out there. Now serving new patients is not a compelling offer. <laughs> so, it's pretty weak. It's, pretty it's weak. really weak. Yeah. And so, Are you all serving new patients? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, obviously, we're always serving new patients. So um, anyway, uh, that is a good example of not thinking about the market right, first right. and their pain point and then putting out just a message mm -hmm. because you're trying to shotgun your marketing mm -hmm. and there's not clarity there. Well, we're working right now. Both of us have a uh, We're working together with a law firm yeah. uh, uh, so that I don't just stay on dentist for the next hour. So. So there we go. So <laughs> law uh, firms. A, yeah. a law firm uh, that has a similar issue, be, right. and they're and we're working on we're making some strides in this because we're we're finding out that uh, I thought that most people that um, would want an attorney might be high income. Right. Turns out a lot of their uh, their clients are lower income, oh, and yeah. lower income people are going to have different message that's going to appeal them yeah. to higher income. Uh, but no matter what, they're going to be uh, in a hurry. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to want to get it resolved quick, right. right? And so another thing that we discovered as we looked at their market yeah. uh, to figure out the message is we found out that the competitors weren't communicating well or fast with yeah. them. So in other words, when you call an attorney, you're usually stressed mm -hmm. and you want to talk right. to somebody that can solve your problem, whether yeah. that it's usually the attorney themselves or really good paralegal that really knows what's going on. Yeah. Somebody that knows what's going on. And most of the law firms we found out are putting people through that call center feel. Uh, You're yeah. talking to the receptionist yeah. over and over again and they don't get back to you for a week and they're, and that's just that, that's yeah. the pain point. And so the beautiful thing about this law firm is they do that. They have a system around doing it faster. Yeah. And by the way, that's good. I know I'm getting off a little bit on a tangent, but just to say this is really important <laughs> for a business owner. Yeah. Part of your market message and your marketing in general is not just what you put on Google or on right. a flyer. You, you're doing marketing from step one, A to yeah. step Z. Yeah. Everything in the office is marketing. The way they pick up the phone is marketing mm -hmm. and sales and they're integrated. So yeah. what we determine that they already have a system to respond quickly to that market need, which is right. the response, response time. Yeah. Well, now all we have to do is broadcast that in the message because nobody knows that they do that. Yeah. So now we put that in the message. Hey, what's, you, you know, are, have you had a difficult time uh, connecting with a, a law firm? in a reasonable amount of time, are they solving your problem? Well, you know, at our law firm, we guarantee this, that we will get back to you in a certain amount of time. And so that's a way to create a message that's powerful. That's great. Yeah. That's Do you great. have other thoughts on message? Should we move on to map or? Well, um, I think that's a good overview of message and a couple examples too, you know? So I think let's move on to map. Okay. Map. Um, so what is map about? Um, uh, map is location. Map, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of, of your marketing system to get to the machine. Okay. Okay. So what is map? Um, well, 
there's a buyer's journey. I'm going to have you talk about the buyer's yeah. journey. Why don't you do that first? Talk about buyer's journey because you do that really well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's there's a there's a couple stages to the buyer's journey, right? And you have people who are coming in who are your correct target market and they're first browsing. And that could be somebody coming on your website. I'm online marketing, so I'm constantly thinking about that kind of a journey. But imagine somebody coming on your website and they're browsing, they're searching. If you're a lawyer, you know, they're looking maybe at, okay, um, I just got in a car accident and I need to know about a personal injury attorney. Well, they land on your website and you have information about that. They're in the browsing stage. They're not ready to actually buy with you or anybody yet. However, it just so happens that when they did an online search, you came up first, so they landed on your site. And now you're helping solve literally their pain, <laughs> but um, it's also that emotional pain as well. So their pain of getting a personal injury attorney who can help them out. So you start helping them and educating them, and now they're going through the journey. And now they're in this, okay, well, I have pain, and I know I need a personal injury attorney, and you've helped them solve that. Well, they might go do some comparing. A classic example of that is they'll go back to Google and they'll look at your Google reviews. They'll look at your competitors' reviews. They'll do a lot more reading. What we find is educated buyers are really high quality buyers too. And so once they've educated themselves, let's just say you have great reviews, it's more than your competitors, now they're ready to buy. Typically we find if, if you've got good education, if you've got good reviews, well, they're probably gonna buy with you. So now they're in the buying stage. So that's, that's really the three stages of the buyer's journey. There's one more stage after that called the delight phase, but uh, basically that idea is once they've become a customer, you delight them and then they can come back through the buyer's journey again. But that would be the, just a, an example of the buyer's journey. Perfect, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I would add, uh, there's other elements of the map that, that you consider with that and yeah. after that. Uh, this is where marketing automation comes into play. Yes. Whether you're using um, software like HubSpot or Infusionsoft, mm -hmm. I think those are the ones that we like, or yeah. whatever, there's a ton of others oh, out there a ton. Yeah. Uh, it's really important to have a map for the, the, that buyer's journey. Yes. So something yeah. that also that you have touch points along the way, you have follow-up system that mm -hmm. you can that you can count on. Yeah. Uh, or reminders for the human part of it when you have people that need to do follow-up phone calls. That's yeah. where your CRM comes in. That's where your sales and marketing system comes into play. Yes. And nowadays, there's a lot of emphasis in internet marketing, almost too much emphasis on that. There's yeah. so much emphasis on the tool. Yeah. And to me, again, people rush straight to the tool and the map. Yes. And they don't even figure out the market the and the message. One so. thing people rush to also is selling themselves instead of educating. Right. I, I was talking to a consultant who really just blew my mind on this concept. But when you have material out there, in the background, when you're educating somebody, obviously you're selling yourself in the process. Hey, wait a minute. Are you doing that right now? What? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But it, the whole goal is to try to provide people value. And that's what builds the trust and rapport. So it's really important when you think about that buyer's journey. Uh -huh. The first goal is to just provide them value. It's not to say, hey, I'm personal in injury attorney, convert with me, you have pain. Right. right over right. and over. That doesn't build rapport. That right. doesn't build the value. And so, people get tired of it. They, they don't want to get hammered by 9,000 emails the yeah. minute they opt in and, yeah. you know, 47 phone calls in 24 yeah. hours. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just not good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the map. And then let's move on to media. Oh, there's a lot of different media avenues. Yeah. Out there. I, I want to start with this really quick, yeah. just the overview of media. Um, Go for it. So, 
this is a, an issue uh, that I think a lot of small business owners fall prey to, especially going back to that mm. copying everything that's done in your industry yeah. uh, problem, is because there's such a strong movement now to online, mm -hmm. and also it, it combined with the other idea of only doing what is proven in your industry, yeah. it keeps everybody's mind extremely closed. Yeah. And so uh, another mean old Dan says uh, to not, he's media agnostic. I like that term. It That's means that you don't have a secular religion or a belief system you've created around media. Yeah. In other words, oh, well, print doesn't work. Print's dead. Right. Well, print, direct mail, you know, has shown increases every year. The last yep. few years, some of the biggest companies are making a lot of money right now by doing this old outdated technology. Right. Uh, also online, okay? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different kinds of online, but online yes. is not a, online, oh, wow. having a website doesn't mean you're a business owner. Right. It, it yeah. just means you've got a media channel. Yeah. You've got, you've got a, a, a way to get potential business. Yeah. So uh, I, I tend to believe that media is really something that you have to look at in a holistic way. Yeah. And I'm a, a big believer in creating, thinking of like investing. Thinking of like the stock market. Yeah. So you have a stockbroker who picks stocks for you or mutual funds or whatever. Yeah. And usually, what do they all say? They right. say diversification in order to mitigate yeah. risk to spread the risk out. So you may have some US stocks and international stocks and bonds and maybe cash and maybe gold bullion that you hide under the bed or whatever. Yeah. But you've got this diverse portfolio and you own real estate. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how you, you diversify and create investment. Well, I think it's the same thing here. It's basically advertising uh, investments. Mm -hmm. And so you have good ones and bad ones and sometimes you have to cull the bad ones and pick better ones or mm -hmm. you have to maybe change them. The beautiful thing about media though is that it's not you're you're not powerless like you are with a stock. With a stock you invest and then if it goes up it goes up, if it goes down it goes down. There's yeah. not much more you can do. Yeah. With your media though, you can invest in it and then you can directly affected by how you use it with your message and your market yeah. and your map. Right. So, uh, and you guys do this all the time with Google uh, pay-per-click, right? Yes, can you do. touch on yeah. that? That'd be a good example. Yeah, pay-per-click is a great example. Um, if you look at online, uh, obviously, I, I think of cost per lead and cost per acquisition. Right now, online is so popular because compared to traditional forms of marketing like print, now you can dramatically lower your cost per lead and cost per acquisition if you know the tool well, right? And pay-per-click, of course, is just paying for keywords at the top of Google. You're giving Google dollars and they're saying, all right, for that, I'll go ahead and show you for a keyword. We said personal injury attorney earlier. So let's just say I was paying for personal injury attorney. Well, I was saying, Google, in this area, I want you to show me when people search for that. And so let's just say somebody searches that, your ad comes up at the top because you're paying Google for that, which is pretty expensive, by the way. It's like $50 or $100 a click right now for personal injury. But um, then somebody would click on that and then potentially convert on your website if you have a good message, right? But you gotta have a good message, so optimizing that's important. And that's with every channel, of course. Right, every channel. And even with print, you can change headlines, you can change images, exactly. yeah. you can change which magazine or right. you know or a postcard you're using. You can, you can A-B test. I'd say online, it's a lot easier to go through that A-B test process. And faster, too. It's so much faster, yeah. Right. So that's, that's another good part about <laughs> you that. You don't have to meeting. wait three weeks for it to get mailed out. Yeah. wait another month to right. get a response and yeah. then adjust it three months later. Yeah. One thing to do is to take your marketing online first because it's lowest cost per acquisition, hone in your messages and then take that to other mediums, awesome right? Tip. Because you can kind of 
test that. Yeah. He just gave bit. you like a hundred thousand dollar tip. Yeah. I hope you know that. You can <laughs> you can send the check directly to Keith Phoenix at Fanon. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, I I also wanted to bring out your concept of investor because that's yeah. a huge thing we want to talk about being a renegade. Yes. Um, we're gonna have some other episodes where we talk about this, but taking that um, that journey of being a solopreneur to an investor. And I like to talk about the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki when we do that. But I'm going to save that for later. But I just wanted to throw that out there because you were talking about investing. So. Cool, cool. But, All right. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, everything has to be measured, right? Yeah. And that's where we go here. So yeah. What are your thoughts on measure? What does that mean? Well, you know, everything has to have, uh, we throw out that term ROI, which by the way, I know ROI is, is kind of, everybody hears that ROI, ROI, what does that mean? Um, hey, at the end of the day, as sales, um, we, well, as business owners, we just want sales. We want good sales. We want sales that are the right sales that help us scale our business. And measurement is all about that. And uh, boy, this is a tough thing to do. In yeah. fact, uh, let me tell you just, um, be, you know, we work with a lot of business owners doing between 800 to $5 million per year. So that's a small business owner. And uh, a lot of those business owners uh, have very similar pain and that what we call close the loop, which basically what close the loop means is um, a lead comes in through a channel and I track that lead and that lead either sold or didn't sell. And we can see exactly what the dollar amount was for that sale. That is a tough thing to measure. And really there's multiple stages you're gonna to have to go through to be able to get to that detail of measurement. Um, it sounds easy in concept. Let, let me, can it I, does. we talk about this for a second? Absolutely, yeah, the, this, this the, is a tough one. A lot of times people say, well, of course, get, that's just automatic, right? right. You just yeah. measure it. No, have you ever tried to do this? <laughs> it's, so it's for example, let's say you, you get business, mm -hmm. uh, let's go back to the law firm, okay? Um, you, you might get business by going to uh, the, um, the bar association meeting and you hand out cards and another attorney takes your card and they refer you business because it's out of their scope of work, okay? Mm -hmm. So now you have a referral that comes in. Yeah. Uh, now the referral also saw the sign on the side of the bus one day, which was, and then they called the phone number. Well, they were gonna call the phone number, but they forgot it. Mm -hmm. So then they went online and looked you up on Google and now on Google, uh, they call your business. Yeah. So where, which one of those generated the lead? Right. And then, okay, on top of that, <laughs> all right, you've got the idea that someone gets a, a print marketing and they call in, your main phone number is on the bus, your main phone number is on your card, and your main phone number is, is on the postcard. And they call in and the person at front desk says, how'd you hear about us? And uh, the, the person says, oh, I, I got your thing in the mail. Well, if, that's easy if you only have one thing in the mail. But what if you have five things in the mail to all different areas? Yeah. You got a coupon over yeah. here, you got this going over there. And if you're sophisticated and you're building this out, you will have a multiple media mix. Yeah. So how do you know which one it was? Right. And sometimes people forget or they lie. Yeah. You know, oh, I just know about you guys for a long time now. Well, they didn't tell you, they're staring at the postcard, but they just say they know about you. Yeah. So it's, this is really right. tough to do and it requires a lot of work. Uh, we, we do a lot of this in this area to help clients and it's so essential yeah. because if you don't know what's working in your media, how do you adjust? I've seen plenty of people back to yeah. uh, a couple other companies working with that cut a certain media because they didn't think they were getting ROI. And exactly. in reality, they were getting yeah. a ton of ROI out of it. They just didn't measure it properly. Yeah. So it tells you what to increase and decrease, which stocks to buy, which stocks to sell. Yeah. Or more importantly, first, I would say don't ever try to set, try not to sell. Yeah. I would say what you really want to do 
is tweak it to make it work. Yeah. And once you make it work, you get acceptable ROI, then you've right. got diversity. And why do you want all this media? I'm going back a step, I know, but measurement does oh, this for absolutely. us. absolutely. Yeah. The media, no, that's good. the more media you have, the more diverse you are, the more protected yeah. you are from a change. You know, one of the things I just wanted to mention going through all this is um, I, I'm really concerned for business owners out there. And you have, I haven't even talked about my story about why I got into marketing, but you're gonna hear a little bit of this theme over and over again because I grew up in a solopreneur's home and I've done print marketing. I've been on the front, you know, the front lines, the trenches of small business, trying to help them grow with print marketing and with online marketing. And one of the things um, about uh, the small business owner, one of the reasons why I started an agency is because of the typical decks and yellow pages salespeople that come in and they sell you guys and they, they just take your money. I mean, I'm just gonna say, that's what's happening at the end of the day. And you know what, those big companies know exactly where your psychology is and under, know that it's over here and they don't even try to help you get over here. In fact, the typical um, salesperson is just given this, hey, here's a Happy Meal, go sell this. And uh, this is a little bit of my soapbox too. So. All right, all right. <laughs> but um, I, I want you guys to get the most value out of your marketing, and I really want to cover this. If you notice, they walk in and they start here. They start on media. They might you know, give lip service to a market message and map, but they really start here. And all they want you to do is buy this happy meal of media. And when they come over here, they don't even give you a real measurement. If you dig into the measure of calls or anything, um, for instance, if they say that you got 10 calls, those 10 calls are not unique. Um, they could be from your mom. <laughs> they could be from an yeah. advertiser. Um, they could be from a random number anywhere. So the measurement is off. All they really care about is trying to get this media sold. And so you're not buying real marketing. And in essence, you never get out of this this area mm. over here and I just want to wanted to point that out mm -hmm. because it, you're not buying real marketing at that point in, in another issue you just reminded me yeah. of that a small business owner and I felt the same way is when you're a small business owner and you're under the crunch of trying to get mm -hmm. stuff done yep. and produce and run your business yeah. do all the finances and accounting yeah. and deal with employees and HR and then also trying to manage salespeople with, with, you yeah. know, with egos. And what you need, what you think you want is, I want leads, I want leads now. Right. Because you're thinking that bottom of the funnel, end of this, I just want somebody that'll close. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that mentality doesn't take all of this into account and it makes you pray it for does. this. Yeah. So someone can come yeah. in and say, I have the shortcut, the magic bullet. Yeah. What's the magic bullet? This fancy media. Yeah. Shiny. It produces leads. Right. But the media is useless. It's not useless. You, you, meet, you can advertise and get money back. Right. But it's like there's holes in a bucket. You're pouring water and you yeah. got holes everywhere. Yeah. When all you had to do is figure out your market so that you knew how to target better. Yeah. You could have done a better message, spent less money and got more out of it. And probably the most importantly here is map. Yeah. Because the map is the follow-up system. If you spend money on media and you get all those leads, well, usually there's only a small percentage that are ready to act today. Yeah. But there's a huge percentage that might act over 90 days or even six years later, mm -hmm. six months. And you might go, I don't have that time to wait. Well, 
How, do you want to be in business for a long time or yeah. do you want to go out of business fast? Because if you're spending money here, you want to maximize your customer acquisition costs yeah. with the highest customer lifetime value. How do you do that? You follow up great. Yeah. So they're not helping you with any of that stuff. No. They're just saying, buy my thing, you're going to get leads done. No, you got to have all of this figured out. Otherwise, you're just throwing your money down the drain. If I could use an example, I mean, you've been a personal trainer in the past. You talked about fitness. If you told someone who said, hey, Jesse, here's my money. I want to personal train with you. You're like, okay, every day I want you to eat at McDonald's. I mean, would that work? Probably not. <laughs> Probably, Probably not. not. No. Probably not. And um, I think of that documentary, the the supersize me docu documentary. And uh, um, one of the things that happens there is he's like, yeah, supersize me, supersize me. And that's what they say. They literally use the term happy meal when they try to sell you this package. Like it's like buying a happy meal. And then there's almost saying. Hey, do you want to supersize that? Do you want to supersize your marketing? Buy some more media instead of going back and really aligning that to your business goals. So right. that's that's huge. If you want good marketing, I mean, you're going to need the custom eating plan, the custom uh, working out, the psychology, right? It, right. It's a psychology right. change. Yeah. Yes. And so if you just buy from that media person, you're not getting any of that. Right. right? And, right. and it's not going to work for your business. Down the road, you're fixing an immediate problem. You're hungry but you're not fixing the long-term issue of building lasting legacy in your business. Right. So well said, Keith. Well, all right. Thank you guys for being with us today. Uh, if you enjoyed this content, you found it valuable, which we hope you did. We really enjoyed making it and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. we're going to enjoy making more for you. So just uh, subscribe to our channel and uh, opt into our list and we'll send other good stuff your way. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Get Leads First podcast. To find more ways to generate leads for your business, visit getleadsfirst.com.